before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life. Welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes, and with me for a very special summer episode, Godfather of Golf, Peter Donahue. Pete. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for inviting me. A summer is definitely here. We're going through, uh, you know, smoke clouds coming down from Canada. Hopefully, they'll clear out today, and uh, we'll be back on full speed tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, our outdoor activities have been canceled. We're inside. Yeah. It's like, you know, usually it's only the rain that brings us inside, but. Yeah. It's a new world here. now that we're living in. Yeah. So this podcast, let's just talk about, you know, do you believe that it was global warming that caused this? Yes. <laughs> I'm just <I'm> joking. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to. It's not, not gonna... hot out. I'm just kidding. I'm just. <laughs> it's not hot out, Pete. How could it be? How could it be global warming? Exactly right, Andy. Um, yeah. Exactly right. In our part of the world, it's it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. So it snowed this year. Couldn't yeah. Be. Yeah. How could how bad could it be? How bad could it be? Um, well, hopefully this is the only day of the, you know, of the smoke in the air. I was outside yesterday for five hours, and then my, I don't, I just had people. Then all of a sudden, people started like, like texting me for our program at night, and they're like, "Is golf still happening tonight?" I was like, is it still happening? I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think that it was that bad. I thought it was like, oh, it's a little smoky. But then it's like, oh, you know, there, you should really not be outside. And I'm like, oh, well, that. Yeah. And then, then my voice started feeling scratchy. My head felt a little weird. But I don't know if that was, you know, remember like during COVID when, when you know, someone texts you and, and is like, hey, guys, I texted, po- I tested positive for COVID yesterday just want to let you know and you were around that person and then all of a sudden you start feeling a little sick yeah. You're like, oh yeah maybe my head does hurt a little bit yeah. so that yeah it could have been that well no i don't think it was but well, you're right it might I, have been. <laughs> I know because you know i uh, at my age now 73 uh and you know the different things that i've done in my life smoking uh you know cigarettes and and uh, such, my you know, my lungs and going through COVID, my lungs, lungs are lungs are lungs are really. Uh, it uh, I, I noticed it yesterday when my eyes were burning, and I thought, oh, gee, I, that's funny. I thought I slept pretty well. That usually is what causes it. And then it fi- finally dawned on me. And then last night, you know, when I was in in bed, I'm I'm coughing. So, mm. so you're really sensitive to it. So yeah, yeah now yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah, when I was your age, no, of course I yeah. wasn't. You know, I mean, we used to burn leaves in the fall and run around in the smoke. And, <laughs> sure. You know, so no, we weren't bothered back then. But <laughs> now, now I'm more of a, of a barometer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to do one of these for a while. Haven't really, haven't even had a chance to play golf in a while because you know you were, you were traveling. You've been to Boston. You've you know, yeah. gone somewhere else. What's the what's the golf update? What have you? What's well, your golf. On? Yeah. What's the golf update? Well, I'm. You know, um, uh, I've been playing uh, more with the Hickory Clubs, uh, and um, and uh, the other day I went out. I didn't play. I went out with a friend of mine, and we played a round of golf out on the golf course in Barrington, where I grew up playing. And I didn't play Hickory's that day, um, but I uh, 
I uh, I really hit the ball great. Um, you know, I I've been as you know, uh we've talked about it. I've I've been um uh for quite some time now, certainly since uh, all of last winter, I was uh uh tr- moving towards freeing myself of all of the formal education that I had taken uh uh in golf. Uh, you know, over the years and sort of cast it away in an effort to uh, see if I could affect change in myself in a, um, I would say, a a freer way, uh, a more uh, free-flowing exploration and a permission to do things that uh, were unconventional and, uh, and certainly informed by all the things I'd learned over the years. But uh, trying to break down some of the taboos that I had learned along the way, you know, don't swing it over here, don't do this, don't do that. And yeah, what was the major thing for you? Like, was there one thing? It was depth. It was going, um, I would say that, and, but I would also say uh, that it was, uh, as, as uh, Jim Hardy, famous, um, you know, golf teacher, uh, um explored and pointed out in his his works uh there's two basic ways of swinging a golf club and one could be described as the handle going away from you uh, as you swing through and the other is the handle going in and around you and so i'd always been the former uh, at least, you know, all sure. of my adult life, that was the swing that I tried to model that, that people that I worked for assured me was the, the right swing, the best swing. And so I had moved in that direction. And uh, and I was, I've always been curious about, you know, different uh, ways of swinging the golf club. And, um, and so I didn't... Uh, I had said for many years, yeah, I've I've swing different ways, and and um, what I meant by that was, yeah, I've bowed my wrist, I've cupped my wrist, I've swung, you know, tried to swing this way and that way. But this change was the most profound uh, change uh, of all because it it really meant that uh, I'd be free to swing the club around my body with depth and and to turn more going through the ball and to carry the club more than uh, throw it. Uh, uh, at least, you know, uh, that's a sensation as best I can describe it in words. And um, so there was, a lot of, there was a lot of alarms that went off and a lot of uncomfortableness and a lot of uh, connections in my body that weren't really wired to do this. And, uh, and so I've been really struggling, and you can attest, you know, I've really not been a very good golfer for some years and, uh, and not strong, not in control, uh, and to be able to hit the ball with strength, um, and, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean strength like your strength. I just sure. mean strength to the best of my body's ability. Yeah, I mean, you've been. We played. It was end of May, and you played played good. Shot like eighty nine at Lakeshore. That was the day we won that that, that staff event. Yeah, and, and uh, you were hitting there? it good. You played, I mean, two birdies on the front nine, back nine. 
wasn't as strong, but you were hitting it really good. Well, you know, I hit compared. it really good at times, yeah. and uh, and at times, you know, I was totally lost. Sure. You know, I was just like, a, you know, a newborn fawn trying to find its legs and stand up. You know, that's really how it feels. When you draw it back and you're not sure that you're going to make contact with it, or you swing through and you hit a ball that scuttles along the ground, I mean... You know, to to uh, I would say to any kind of golfer, that's a, a a bit of a shock to the system, and certainly someone who's been as experienced as I. You know, it's a uh, it's an unexpected thing, and and really, uh, I just uh, one of the things that I I've uh, I experienced through all of that is uh, that I have learned acceptance. Um, you know, which I I didn't used to have. Sure. So, do you? Is that where your my question is going to be? Where does your head go after a really bad shot like that? Are you good at moving? You just accept that it happened. You move on, or yeah. do you try to do you try to fix anything or change anything on the course? Well, you know, sometimes uh, no, I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find myself on the golf course. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes that's. That's finding your way through um, not knowing what to do, you know, sure. and trying to sort your own chaotic thoughts out mm-hmm. and and ultimately, you know, find yourself and find a line of of uh, communication with yourself that that uh, that puts you together. You know, yeah. and and that's what I found. I mean, in fact, you know, uh, the that day that we played at Lakeshore, um, you know, my best golf was actually, despite the birdies being earlier in the round, those were like anomalies almost. Uh, that's what it felt like. You know, a few good holes, a few good shots, some some uh, light at the end of the of a dark tunnel still, yeah. but at the end of the round. You know, I mean, the the last drive that I hit was uh, was as good as I can do. I mean, f- as a physical athlete at this point in time, it wasn't you know wasn't anything to write home about. It just barely you know went over two hundred yards. But in the pro- in in doing it, you know, I was uh, I could feel the chain through my body mm-hmm. that went all the way to the ground and a certainty about you know how my delivery of the club head. Uh, was not an accident, you know. It wasn't just a powerful swing with the ball flying way off into the boondocks, you know. It was yeah. a squared up, on time shot. So it was very, very encouraging. And and uh, you know, I've I've continued to experiment with. Um, you know, big turn between big turn back and throw it and. Uh, just sending the club back in order to go forward. Those are really two different, um, different feelings mm. for me, you know. Uh, and and uh, this kind of, I always when I looked at Hogan, you know, and when I watched him swing, um, you know, I as I've, I think I've commented here before, it was always a surprise to me to watch him swing after reading his book. Oh. Because I thought, you know, his backswing was this big studied thing. And when you watch him swing, it just looks like he's casting the club back in order to start turning forward and ripping at it. 
Uh-huh. It doesn't really look studied at all. Mm. <laughs> you know, just yeah, looks like, like fast. Hey, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah, it's just fast. It's it's like uh, we were talking about with Stan Utley. It's like water sloshing in a bucket. You know, it's like he sloshes it back fast and then it mm-hmm. sloshes through. You know, at a at a pace that's uh, commensurate with the yeah. backswing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not slow, fast. Right. Yeah, that's what I've been, you know, I've been in my own uh, practice or, or thinking about golf is we, we had Stan Utley for a clinic at the beginning of June that you and I were both, we were both got to, got to watch. Um, and he... He helped, he helped me with my pitching for a little bit, but one of the things, you know, he was talking about was just how to, you know, how to release the club and like releasing it down, you know, on plane, right? Which I would almost call that a, that's not really the most popular way to, to swing the club anymore. Um, maybe it isn't pitching a little more, but definitely not, not in full swing the way some of the guys, um, I mean, the way I kind of learned from, you know, studying George Gankus, it's lots of, it's like, let's turn to the top and like literally like freeze. That's the way we're going to learn the right position is like freezing at the top of the swing. And then from that frozen spot, you could literally swing from there, initiated with your legs. And so it teaches sequencing and taught, you know, taught lots of good things. But then also it, it's a lot of like, let's get the club face kind of set in a spot so we don't have to do very much with our hands. So if you take a strong grip and you kind of get it into a, what what Stan Utley would call a closed position at the top, you can kind of just leave it in that spot and then turn through, Real, and right. it'll hit, it'll hit good shots. Yep. Um, but what I've discovered is that that doesn't that doesn't work with hickory clubs. That shut position. The shut that. position with just like leaving it up and kind of pu- you know, almost pulling the not pulling the handle but just. Uh, not very much like wrist action or like opening and closing because it kind of bends the the shaft the way the shaft just bends more kind of leaves you know tends to leave the face open Hmm. Um, interesting from that from like going from like a slow almost a slow like frozen spot to like now speeding that thing up really fast it just like bends in a way um that doesn't work the same way it does with my you know with my like steel Sure. Extra stiff shaft clubs, sure. and so um, that's been a, in, like I have videos. I have videos on my phone. Um, Jansen was taking videos after our lessons on a Saturday, and there's it's like back to back to back shots. One of them missed to the right, and it felt like a. Um, I felt like I had a rushed tempo, you know, not intentionally, but and then the other one felt like a smooth tempo that was really straight, yeah. and the one that was. On video, the one that was the the rushed tempo, the face on the way down was in a really like closed position, like the face was was pointing more to the ground as opposed to the toe being up. Uh-huh. And so from video, it'd be like, oh, that ball's gonna go left. Yeah. But it actually went way to the went to the right. Oh my. Because of how the yeah. shaft had to be bending. Yeah. And then in the one that was a good shot, the face was actually much more open coming down oh for Christ's sake yeah it's really you know i mean honestly um you know the game that uh we played up at spring valley uh i think that was the the first round that i played with hickories and uh uh 
just the uh, you know the assurance in, you know that that I got out of that round that that lightness mm-hmm. of grip, lightness of effort. Is, yeah, is absolutely, uh, absolutely required. Yeah, I mean, and 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 rewarded. Abs- yeah, right. You know, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience, and no, no wonder. You know, I I couldn't figure out Bruce Marquardt is the is the man from Michigan that Tim, your your student, mm-hmm. um, turned me on to, and Bruce, you know, right right from the early on when we would, would communicate texting back and forth to each other, you know, would say things like, uh, oh, I don't, I don't, I only really just play Hickory now. It's such a much better experience. And I thought to myself, what in the, what's he talking about? You know, like, and, and, you know, now I get it. Hmm. I was reading, I started reading uh, The Future of the Game last night by Jeff oh, Shackleford. Shackleford. Yeah, that's uh, kind of like written in the '90s or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, written, I read it. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I don't know that I had read it. Uh-huh. It was on my bookshelf sure. for a long time, but I, but I picked it up, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of quotes, uh, you know, in there from different people, and and you know, put all together, it sounds very contemporary. But some of these people have been dead for, right? You know, but but in any case, uh, they all seem to. Um, they sort of point to the the experience that you know we're having. Like, really, you know, really could it be that much better? I mean, to not, you know, uh, is it about equipment or what are they? Yeah, referring it's about to? equipment. Yeah. yeah, sure it is, and about the idea of of uh, you know just tech. Yeah, the equipment and that 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 the changes that the equipment made in the you know in the game we know about yeah. you know all these classic golf courses are becoming obsolete sure uh, and you know of course he talks right right away about the the open that uh, the famous debacle at Shinnecock uh you know when the the only defense the USGA could come up with was just to have the greens be impossibly hard and fast yeah. and the balls rolled up to the hole and then rolled back off and Phil Mickelson hit a bo- moving ball as a mm. and would rather yeah, take yeah. the stroke penalty rather than to wait for his ball to roll off the green into the bunker and well I think that actually happened twice right like did it well because I'm almost positive that the the Shackleford book was written before the most recent US Open at Shinnecock, which was only a few years ago. That's when Phil hit that ball. But then it happened again. A pre- no, a pre. A, that was oh, a, sec- pre- a previous time, yeah. right? That then this book would have been after. You know, would have yeah. been after. So it's like, yeah, it's, it keeps happening. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the important thing being that all these great golf courses are really, you're not going to have that experience, and that's of course what I experienced at Pine Valley was like. You know, the 18th hole, when you look at uh, the Shell's wonderful world of golf, yeah. uh, of Gene Littler, then U.S. Open champion, playing against um, uh, Byron Nelson, and they had to play like four or five rounds before one of them broke 80. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and on yeah. the 18th hole, the 18th hole is a vast, I, I, I can't even tell you how many square feet it is, but mm-hmm. and whether that would be meaningful to listeners or not, but it is an enormous bowl green meant to receive a wood. 
Uh. And now anymore, you know, the guys just beat it to the end of the fairway and are hitting 56-degree wedges into it. You mm. know, it's like, what, really? Yeah. What'd you shoot? Yeah. No, oh, good for you. <laughs> you know, <Sure. laughs> that's not the same course that they designed. Right. Yeah. No, it's um, it's really interesting. I, yeah, I like, you know, Chris asked me the other day, he's like, why, you know, I, he's like, I don't know how you'd... He, I don't know how you do it. He's watching me like practice on the driving range, and I was probably hitting a bunch of bad drivers in a row. <laughs> in a row, so he's um, he. But I. But what I've one thing that I like about it is that it forces you to, I guess, like swing it, swing correctly, or swing in a good way. You know, you talk about lightness or with balance, and it, you know, my tendency is usually to get a little rushed in transition, and if you do that, like the club will let you know right away because you'll, you'll hit a bad shot yeah um and so it forces you to focus on that um more than you have to with you know modern clubs that are basic that are built in a way to kind of counteract that and say like okay you can if you want to pull down really fast like you can do that and this club was made to to help you with that and so that's one way to it's one way to do it that's how i've done it for a long time but now it's interesting you know seeing golf in like a different way Yes, I think it is. And I, you know, I, I, as we've talked in the past, you know, following your interest in the game is what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I think that that's perfectly fine for people to, you know, people who would rather have the game be less of that experience and more. That's what, and that's where you and, you know, and Carmen Corvino are club fitter extraordinaire get into you know the two points of view about this and uh you know carmen of course can't can't possibly imagine why you would like to swing a club that would not be optimal Mm -hmm. you know for whatever you're doing and uh and 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 you're saying no it's a more interesting feedback tool for me yeah you know if it's if it's like this, if it's more primitive, so to speak. Yeah, yeah and I mean, he, if you're going, like, if you're going to, you know, I've, like a high-level high school player who's trying to score their best, like, he's gonna, he's the one to, to help them out, yeah. right? Like, absolutely. But if that's not why you're, you know, I think that's just everyone's default way of, of playing golf. It's like, well, I'm going to try to shoot. I need to shoot the best score I possibly could and I feel like I'm still trying I'm still trying to do that um but in a slightly different way yes yeah no absolutely I mean your uh score is is um well first of all score is the standard you know 18 hole score is the standard that's been established by the society in which you grew up yeah sure you know, uh, it was, uh, you know, in a bygone era, it was more heroic shots or funny mishaps uh, played in match play. Sure. You know, that was the that was the way. And that, that there was an occasional 18-hole metal play mm-hmm. once a month, usually, yeah. and, and maybe still is that way, you know, mm-hmm. in the British Isles. Although I think Americanization of... of cultures is, is probably worldwide um in golf certainly um but um so that so that score is our is our 
trophy that we're chasing, mm-hmm. you know, at least, you know, as we start out, you know, but ultimately I think as we've discussed many times, you know, when you come in and you're, you're reporting on the round, uh, you know, it's more interesting to talk about the individual moments uh, sure. than it is. I mean, if some, all somebody can talk about is the number that they shot, yeah. then that's all you got? Mm-hmm. That's it? <laughs> that's all there was for the day? You know, it's like driving to work and uh, not noticing uh, the clouds, yeah. You know, well, uh, a lot of people do that. A lot so, of people do. Well, I, yeah, you, yeah. I've been, you know, uh, uh, taking Judah out and letting him, uh, you know, learn to, to drive. Yeah. And uh, the other day we were driving on the expressway, and uh, you know, and I and I and it was very crowded, and uh, you know, it was very, uh, you know, you could speed up and try to keep up with a car in front of you or go as fast as you could. But, you know, you're going to have to have your foot pretty close to the brake. Yeah. And I said, Judah, you know, you need to send your your gaze down the field Mm -hmm. and and start to see when these red lights are popping. And he said, you know, that's not not what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know. I know. <laughs> the first thing you got to do is manage the space immediately around you. But now it's time to expand your yeah. your view. And yeah. uh, and um, you know, and I think that that's um, I, you know, I used to think that all the talk about you know the the non-competitive golf things about golf, mm-hmm. I used to think that was just a bunch of fluff. Hmm. You know, yeah. talking about your companions and Walter Hagen saying, take time to smell the roses and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's the art of living. Yeah. You know, that's opening your gaze up. And it's it's like when you start doing that well, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. starts creating a different a different golf game. And I don't just mean... I mean everything about it. It creates a different experience for you. As a, as a, what, how did you spend these last few hours? And it also creates more opportunity for you to go low. Sure. You know, yeah. because you're, you're more accepting, you're less carrying the burdens of your bad shots. You're more open to the possibility that something good can happen. Yep. You know, right. there was yeah. a gal years ago, Nina Gazanfari. She's now a doctor. She was a very unlikely uh, golfer on the Nutrier golf team years ago and one of their championship teams. And she went from being a 100 shooter in the middle of her senior year. She started shooting in the mid to low 80s, and she just kept getting better. And part of the reason was that it was in her, her upbringing that uh, she had this optimism and this, um, she didn't scare herself once she started playing well. She didn't start to say, I wonder how long this is going to last. Oh, I surely can't be this good. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I can tell you how many times that's happened to me in the middle of a round where I've made three birdies in a row and can I get this to the barn without breaking (laughs) my leg? Yeah. Yeah, I when um 
When I see people driving crazy on the highway, I, I just ask myself, or I ask them to myself, I just like, where, where are you going? You know, like someone's just angry and they're driving so fast just to go to work and be angry. You know, like it's not like they're going anywhere uh, important, but our brain just does this thing of like, well, when I get there, then I'll be happy. Or when I, whatever it is, driving, shooting a low score, whatever it is, that then I'll be happy. But it never, you know, it never actually does. And so once you, re once you realize that, then that's, I think for me, that's what like then opens my mind. It's like, oh yeah, there's, other ways to have this experience. I know. And, you know, you, the ability for you to be able to do that, don't underestimate, you know, how wonderful that is just as a personal asset. Sure. Because, you know, there's a famous Doors song back from my youth. Yeah. You know, there's a killer on the road. His brain is squirming like a toad. <laughs> And that's yeah. what, you know, these people on the road that are driving yeah. like that, their yeah. brain is squirming like a toad. They can't, they're restless without understanding what is this restlessness is all about. And they, they have no other way of being. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. I, you know, we have... I knew we have two young kid, you know, two young kids at home. No, Rory is he's three months old, and whenever you're like gonna have the second kid, all ev the only thing everyone can say is is like, oh wow, like watch out, or like good luck ever sleeping again, or you know your life's over, you know whatever. <laughs> all these different you know things that they say. I think it's partly because people don't know how to talk, don't know how to talk to each other that well. So it's like let's just say something kind of. I don't know, trying cliche. to be funny or yeah. cliche, and yeah. it's. Um, but I also th think it's. Um, I've been, I've just been thinking about it, that when you have like for for example having kids like okay, you maybe have to get up in the middle of the night, you know once once or twice. Um, you have when you get home from work, you have to you know you're making you're caring for the kids or playing with them, and then you you know you put them to bed, and it's like that. Some people, it, it'd be so easy to interpret that as like, oh, God, like, have to do this. That's terrible. But, like, the alternative is not that, it's not that much better, you know. It's like, what would I be, I, like, what would you be doing differently if you weren't doing that? It's like, well, okay, I'd probably be sitting on my phone <laughs> on the couch, you know, or, yeah, or watching drinking more, beer. drinking beer, watching more, sh more shows on TV. And yep. it's like that that is what the ultimate, like, is that really the goal is like, I just want to have no, no burdens or no cares at all. And I want it to be, you know, as peaceful as possible. And, and I think that is that again, it's like the default setting is like, well, once I get to comfort, uh, no stress, then that's the answer. But I think, I think that like some level of like almost chosen suffering is, is kind of good for you. Chosen suffering. That's interesting. Yeah, in a way yeah. of like, yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be diff, you know, a different experience. Then it's more difficult, right? It's maybe more stressful. You don't get as much sleep, but like, it's still like a good thing, a good place to so, be. Yeah, you it, know. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Uh, and so for that's having, you know, that's having kids. But I think in golf, it's there's similar, plenty of similarities of. 
think even the reason that you would play golf is like, you know, plenty of people will talk about why would you play golf? It's so, you know, it's so frustrating. It's so, you know, yeah. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, but I think it's, I think there's something in us that, that that's, that's good for, that's good for us to yeah. have those challenges and oh to have the things God. to overcome. And it's good if you, especially if you can choose them, because then it's like, okay, this has a kind of an end time. It would be different if you, you know, if you lost a job and you couldn't pay your mortgage, right? That's not really the chosen suffering that would be as, would be that good for you. No, that, no, that's right. No, I think that, um, that choosing, you know, choosing challenge and choosing tr struggle is, um, is, is healthy. Yeah. You know, it's uh, in, uh, you know, uh, Aldous Huxley, Br Brave New World, you know, that was the, that's what happened to society, right? There was nothing but triviality and frivol frivial, uh, frivolity and, mm -hmm. uh, and no connection between human beings. I mean, there was no mother maternal instincts, you know. Mm -hmm. It was just about partying. And uh, and distractions and sure. uh, getting high and and that kind of thing and uh, uh, and so you know living a life where you're uh, anesthetized as opposed to one where you're fully awake and connecting with yourself and with other people that, that's your choice mm -hmm. you know and uh, yeah I couldn't imagine it when I was a teenager. And I was in the the, the locker rooms of uh, the golf courses, and and I'd uh, and I'd see where guys, uh, you know, young married guys would come back into the locker room. Hey, where you been? And you know, and the guys would say, Well, you know, I'm got kids, you know, and I'm not. And I oh, I, I couldn't understand how that life would look. You know, it must have looked desolate. You know, mm -hmm. not being able to come to the club and be with the guys and play golf and go out to that challenge all the time. But, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I couldn't imagine that it would be more wonderful than playing golf. But, you know, it is. Yeah, you know, I mean, it really. Well, it's just, I mean, I still like to play, you know, I still I got to play golf twice last week and I was really happy that I got to do that. So it's doesn't have to almost doesn't necessarily have to to rank like one better than the other. It's just like different experiences and so like how do you yeah. you know handle yourself in those experiences? Well, what right? if you what if you got to play golf every day? Yeah. No. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I see like what you're saying. every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Eh, it's like, "Hey, would you like another Oreo cookie?" No, <laughs> I've been eating them for 3 days. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. like, I don't they're not that great anymore. Yeah. You know, and uh uh you know, and and but I, but you know, that's what some people choose. You know, I I met some guys a few years ago that was uh that were senior players, right? Okay. And and so I meet these senior players. I'm playing in a practice round. And now we're talking about guys that are in their 50s and 60s. Yeah. And these guys, I get together with them and I go out with them. And the first question they're asking me is, well, like, where are the girls? <laughs> so these guys are still chasing skirt, getting drunk, and playing golf. And that's yeah. really kind of like, their That's lives are wealthy enough, like they can do that every day. Is like, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, like is that it? That's your ideal, right? You That's reached your ideal. it. Um, yeah, 
there could be more. You know, there yeah, could be more. That can't be. That can't be it. Um, yeah, and how how was your how was your game today? Lousy. Why? Because I you know I shot a eighty blah blah yeah. blah. You know, like really? Well, it's God Almighty. You know, that's it. Right. It's the score is dictating whether I feel good or bad about myself, and and I'm just going to get drunk and see if I can distract myself even further by chasing women. Sure. I mean, not that any of that is bad, but you know, well, kinda, if that's it, yeah, if that's it, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's not like ultimate. It's ultimate, just like ultimate comfort is not. I don't know. It's not the answer. No, it's not the answer. And, and I guess this is kind of going back to our. Uh, you know our golf, you know equipment thing. Uh, you know they announced like the golf ball like rollback. You know you've been following that no, story. No, tell me about like, it. I, mean, I don't know. It's like a, you've heard. You've at least seen a headline for it, right? Like yeah. And they're gonna make the ball go five percent shorter or something for professional. I guess it's a proposed thing, and then they're gonna like ar- you know argue about it for a year, and then I don't know. That's all. That's all I know about it but people have been really complaining you know like justin thomas said this is the worst thing you could ever do to golf (laughs) which is like make the ball go a little bit shorter which is i mean because you know they all work for tight they're you know sponsored by titleists so it's like well titleist doesn't want to have to make a new ball they want to just keep doing what they're doing um but just the the idea being that like this five percent difference you wouldn't even i don't even think you would notice the difference but like some of the outrage of like make it go shorter like i mean that you can deshambo had similar thoughts of like this is you know you're going backwards that's not you know that's not the human spirit we need to go go ahead forward and um but it's just this idea of like we need to max you know maximize ease and comfort and make things easy as possible and like that's the answer right and so it's like oh if we could uh but but i wonder even for those people who are like against the ball, you know, the golf ball changing. Um, would they? What like? What if you? What if they invented a ball that would go twice as far as it currently does? Would they be happy? Would they be happy with that? Hmm. You know, I don't. Maybe they would. I don't know. But well, I mean, you know, there's a certain point of view that you you know could be that the uh, you know Hogan used to dream uh, of you know fifty four birdieing every hole. Mm-hmm. Some people may may find that shooting 18 for 18 holes would be the ultimate, and that 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 sort of connection and that that sort of uh, feat would be uh, that's what we should be striving for. But you know, I'm I'm uh, and and I, I guess you know you'd have to let your mind go uh you know and imagine that 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 you could you could actually relate to a target that was you know 500 or 600 yards away and think about sinking it yeah you know that would that be amazing yeah that would be amazing um you know to be able to project your your mind out that far uh, and ride the winds and blend with the day and you know true gravity and, and all that. So there is that point of view, but you know the very opening uh, and uh, lines and paragraphs in in the future of golf by Shackelford that I opened up last night 
was um, you know talking about the the marvelous blend of strategy and uh, and power and finesse that golf really offered mm -hmm. is like being blown out of the water, you know, by the equipment because it doesn't require you to hit as many shots and to be as strategic, right. uh, you know, cause now, and DeChambeau was his victory, his, yeah. op his open championship victory was the, the really measure a, a of testament it. to that. Yeah. That, yeah. It, that it worked. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's the, you know, and, 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 um, is there virtue in their argument? Well, yeah. I suppose there could be, uh, you know, from a from a certain point of view, and um, but this stuff about uh, the stuff about you know un-American, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and human spirit and this kind of thing is like whack. It's whack. Yeah. Well, because I just think I think it's from the po the point you said from a certain point of view it makes sense, and I think it's from the point of view that the best you know you have to be able to shoot the lowest possible score and uh that that would be you know that's the ultimate ideal but i think even like even if someone was able to get you know what if someone was able to get fif shoot 54 or 44 or wh whatever the number ends up ends up being and even if it is with with new you know better equipment th still the most interesting parts of that are like well you've got a putt for 44 where does your mind go? Like, can you, you know, can you do it? Right. Yeah. As opposed to you have a putt for 74, right. They're both, I mean, they're both the same thing. And so like none of this stuff even mat, you know, even matters. Like that's why I think what's so great about golf is like, if, you know, if everyone did it, if everyone was playing, like if everyone was playing hickory golf clubs, they would still enjoy it. The same, you know, relatively the same amount, you know, I don't, maybe they'd enjoy it more, but, um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not about, like the lower, I mean, we talk about it all the time is that the lower scores aren't going to make you, make you happier. Um, no, it's just that we've, you know, we've started gaming everything, you know, so much according to, you know, yeah. wagers and, uh, and, uh, wh what's the best, uh, you know, who's yeah. the best, who's yeah. the, who's better Jordan or Bill Russell or, you know, wh whoever, right. uh, you know, I was looking at something uh, the other day, and this, I'm sorry if this just goes way off the subject, <laughs> but it was about Larry Bird and the greatest yeah. game that he ever played. And uh, he, he, I don't know that he, he scored that many points. He might have scored 30 points, but the, it was in a championship game against the Houston Rockets, and uh, he just controlled every aspect of the game. And when you look at the highlights and yeah. the things that he does in terms of saving the ball and getting rebounds and making passes and mm -hmm. all of the things that go into performance, yeah. I mean, that's what Shackelford and these people are sure. talking about. Yeah. All of the things that go into the performance in, you know, in this era. Mm-hmm you know, are not what you see in Bryson DeChambeau's hmm. victory. Yeah, right. It's one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. Sure. Or, you know, not as many dimensions, yeah, right. let's it's put it that basically way. Basically, the, you know, the people who are rewarded are the people who hit it the farthest. That's it. And yep. once you have that skill, then 
give you such an advantage. Yeah. Um, but they can hit it the farthest because of technology has been allowed to go certain. Exactly. You know, certain and, places, and and so. and the th- and the the idea of of um, of corporate goals and profitability and you know uh, and competition and you know blah 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 and that we should not never put a uh, put the reins in on any of this that that should dictate the way our culture goes is like wait a minute yeah you know that's not <laughs> that, that ain't that ain't necessarily good yeah no I, I I agree um yeah it's yeah I don't know is there a way is it could you say it's just too far Gone, like it's too far gone, or actually, I, I wouldn't even agree with that. But what would you? You mean the way well, the technology has? I gone? think technology, but may, I, I don't even think that's a, I don't even think that's a good question. I mean, with maybe a different direction to go would be thinking about, like, have you followed the, you know, the supposed like live golf, like the merger with PGA? You know, they announced it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know what it... I mean, I think what it means, and this is not a new thing, if you've got enough money, you're going to win. Right. Because you you can out-lawyer the other guys. And, I mean, that's not new. I think that's how, you know, back when, uh, you know, the the electricity was being invented, Mm -hmm. you know, they had a contest between... uh, between Thomas Edison's direct current and and uh, Tesla's alternating current, right, and to okay. see which one of them would ultimately get the the contract yeah. to you know to wire the city. Now Westinghouse was backing Tesla, and J.P. Morgan was was backing uh, okay. Thomas Edison. Well, Westinghouse and Tesla won, uh. and guess who ended up. Uh, guess who ended up with the, uh, with the company, Morgan, mm. because he was he was going to sue Westinghouse into oblivion, and so oh. Westinghouse had to sell. Yeah. And Tesla, yeah. who didn't have any business sense whatsoever, didn't didn't get wow. anything out of the deal. That's crazy. And yeah. and Edison, you know, got emasculated, uh-huh. uh, you know, by. Yeah. Morgan, and so you know the, so yeah. that it ain't new. No, sure, and the whole, but the whole story of it of just, you know, they were so against live for supposed like moral reasons, right? You yeah. know, that nine eleven connections. They were they were like these guys, you know, were connected to nine eleven, and now they're you know working with them, right? Oh, I saw you have that that little clip. I'm sure. Yeah. What's that from the? Letters from, to the editor. These people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letters. letters to the editor. Stuart Lindemann, Fontana, Wisconsin. If you bring together the last statement before the merger and the first statement after the merger from the p- commissioner of the PGA Tour, the quote would be something like this: "The Saudis are beyond reprehensible regarding human rights violations and support of terrorism." And we are thrilled to be their partner. <laughs> now we're all going to be rich. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, yeah, but I think overall, just like, to me, the whole story and I guess the hypocrisy involved with it has just made me less 
overall less interested in, in professional golf. And I wonder if that had the same effect for other people as well of like, oh, well, it's just really about who has, you know, who has the most money. Yeah. And it's not really about about anything else. And so to me, it's like, well, if that if somehow professional golf stopped existing, I think golf would still be, you know, it'd still be fine. Well, I, I and that, think that, that was said, too, um, you know, years ago when Tiger, you know, started to leave the stage. Oh, what's going to happen to golf? Yeah. You know, and someone, you know, who'd been around golf, you know, for many, many years said, what? What are you talking about? Golf isn't Tiger Woods. Yeah. It's not tour golf. Golf is, you know, golf is us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And so it's like, well, if I guess it's more like, can we just allow ourselves to not be so influenced by it, by the professional stage? Um in means of of all things of 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 equipment of like courses of how courses should look of how courses should play of like what makes a good course versus a bad course um all of these things are influenced by like what we see on tv and they um change they impact our view of it i mean that that a course like spring valley is like completely empty and let's just say thunderhawk is is probably booked full just about every day when thunderhawk costs probably four times as much to play and it's in my opinion not as good of a course um, but it's a fancier course that, like that is what that's what has is winning currently yes well yes i think we're all you know casting our vote you know some of us are are uh, you know defined things uh, according to the uh popular culture and others of us are not, and uh, and so uh, so that's it's a wonderful thing that we have you know that choice, and um, and as I get you know older and and you know uh, get farther along the road of the incredible shrinking man, you know uh, the pleasure that you get, you know like where could you get it? You know could you get it? You know, in a, uh, you know, could you get it in a field with a tree that you were knocking the ball at? You know, uh, what would you need, you know, for this to be, you know, a, a recreation, a challenge that would uh, lead you on and cause you to uh, want to grow? in your skill and your strength and your, you know, your ability to connect mentally with something. Um, You know, I think that uh, that's why I enjoy, you know, thinking about beginning golfers, uh, really, because uh, what would interest you, you know, is what what you keep coming back to, you know, how can I... How can I get? How can I put a game together here, or a challenge that would uh, interest you? And um, and you know that's how I, I I'm so delighted at this point. In, you know, in my life, I was thinking about about it. You know, I uh, uh, would I change my schedule? You know, what am I doing? Am I giving enough lessons? And blah 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 blah. And actually. You know, I have very little complaint about my schedule because I have enough freedom that I can choose what I want to do, mm-hmm. and 
and um, you know I'm choosing to be with beginning golfers and 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 asking myself these questions like how much fun are these kids having you know how much fun or is this adult having yeah you know and and how can I you know and if there's frustration you know how can I help them shift their view or shift the game uh, so that they can see it. Yeah, that's what I always did when I was growing up. I found myself, you know, inventing or fantasizing about the activity that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I would create a story that would make my performance Mm. something glorious, you know, like, well, we're just inventing this game of basketball or we're just inventing this game of uh, baseball, sure. right? Yeah. And whatever I was doing was good enough in my own mind, my own thinking, to um, encourage me. Yeah. You know, to continue and to and to have feelings of success and celebration that were uh, uplifting, right? Why would I go back to it every day? Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't go back to it like a, you know, a dull dope. You yeah. know, I went back to it like I was going to the carnival. Mm-hmm. You know, well, how, how did you do that? You know, well, I made stuff up. Sure. You know, I didn't let somebody tell me. You know, yeah, the what way was it's good. supposed to be, or <laughs> like what you have, you know, the the expectations of what you have to do to yeah. to enjoy it or to to be happy so i think that's great pete um maybe that's a good place for us to to wrap up that's pete. good thanks for joining i've enjoyed it as well. i always do uh, thanks everyone for listening we'll talk to you all next time bye-bye Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life. 